This morning, we have been, we have been entering into the subject called pause. Walking into this, the fact that God has rest, God has peace for us, available in everything. Not just, um, not just when we sleep, um, not, not just when we're on holiday, uh, not just when that when that when that you know that holiday that you paid for in January and you've been working your the whole year and you'll still be working the next year like halfway through to pay for that December holiday I, that's not rest you you're stressing yourself to death to <laughs> to have this two weeks to stress again so that you can pay for the two weeks this moeilijk we we struggle to pause we struggle to find this rest that, that God promises us. Who knew that it's such hard work to rest? That it's such a tough thing for us to rest. Now, we're on the third week now, and we've heard some very honest comments and some very honest stories. Mozzie getting up and saying, hey, I have to preach on this, and I, I realize that I don't do it the way that God intended us to. And um, he spoke of pretty much of an invitation into this, of God inviting us into his unforced rhythms of grace, how there's freedom and release and relaxing there. And Ramon spoke last week, he showed us that Jesus' burden is light, unlike the burden that we place on ourselves, because we do, and unlike the burden that the world places on us, because we allow it to. God's burden, Jesus' burden, is easy. Or his yoke is light and his burden is easy. And so today, I think it's important for us to get practical. How do we do this? How do we pause? How do we, it's on a remote, it's very easy. You know, and then you run to the bathroom while Valentino Rossi is hanging off the side of his motorbike. All right, so that's pause. All right. <laughs> in life, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, it, when, when you're in that meeting, it's hard to say to everybody, because um, by the time you come back, they've made all kinds of decisions that didn't involve you. You know, pause doesn't work on people the same way it does on your DSTV. Uh, but why do we need to get practical on this? My, my dad was, was very much like this, but my father-in-law is, is the best example for me in this. As, as he, was a, he was involved in farming, or he has been involved in farming his whole life. And um, now we think farming, you know, you wake up at five in the morning, you quickly go and do some things, you're back home for breakfast, then you quickly go and do some more things, and you're back home for lunch, then you quickly do some, some more things, and you're back home for dinner, and then there's like a few more things to do. You know, that's farming for like, nine and, like 11 and a half months a year. And then you have three weeks holiday. And then you start the cycle all over again. That's farming. Okay. Or that's the way I've come to know farming. Uh, the thing is, he would literally work that 11, 11 months and one week and go on holiday for three weeks. The problem being, week one of his holiday, he was useless. He got sick. He would, like, to the point of vomiting, to the point of having to go to doctor. There was, like, uh, flu and all kinds of things. All because he suddenly stopped. 
And then after like a week and a half, suddenly his body would recover and he'd have some time to rest and be with the family and everything that goes around with that, only to start again. And this cycle is not good for us. This pattern is not something that we need to repeat because on some level, we all live there. I, I, you know, your December holiday is done and you're like, yes, I can't wait for the next one. Or you go away for the weekend and you're like, I need a weekend away from my weekend away. You know? Because we've packed so much into so little time. Because in this world that we live in, it's fast paced. It's, everything is connected. You're always connected to some sort of technology. You're always connected to a calendar. Um, your calendar is so packed that you, there's, not, there's no space to move in there. There's, your, your mind is always racing. You drive from home to work and you were bombarded with thousands of messages on the side of cars, on billboards, on your phone, and everywhere. And so we don't rest effectively. All right? My, it's so bad. My calendar has this little thing where you can, you can put in the destination of where your next meeting is. So it would give you this friendly reminder that um, including like current traffic, it's going to take you about 40 minutes to get to your next meeting. And instead of going, thank you so much for creating a little bit of space, Vanna goes, challenge accepted. <laughs> I can leave in 20 minutes and I'll still be there in time. And instead of resting, until, instead of going, okay, there's a bit of space here, what do I go and do? I just cram it into this much. And I create stress for myself. I, I don't you guys don't do that. Just laugh at me. It's fine. All right. But we get consumed by work. We get consumed by position, performance, getting respect, proving ourselves, proving our value, get, finding our purpose. Getting that authority, getting to the top. And it eats us up. Because it keeps you up. Not just eight to five. But what's the last thing you think about before you fall asleep? That thing that's eating you up. So what's your sleep interrupted by? That thing that's eating you up. All right? The interesting thing about all of this, we strive to be better, good, or good, better, best, and, and, and it shows you how my trappe van vergelijking went. We strive for these things, and it's not necessarily bad things. We, we strive to be the best version of ourselves for God. We, we strive to be the best version of ourselves for our families, for, for work, for, and that's not a bad thing, but the problem is that there's, there's a balance, and, and we're missing out on that balance. Because that balance, when we strive for things, when we work so hard to get something that maybe it's not time for, and, and, and maybe we should just wait a little, or maybe we're ahead of ourselves and behind the curve, all right? So this striving leads to chronic tiredness, leads to burnout. And burnout is, um, is best described as, I try to keep everybody happy, including God, including myself, including the family, including the friends. 
And burnout is usually like, if you're sitting there and you're going, I'm far from burnout. Have you felt depressed in the last while? Has there been fear? Have you picked up some negativity in your, in your speaking? Because those are small pointers towards, hey, burnout's just across that little crest over there. All right? And the only way for us to start a journey towards rest, the rest that God has for us, the rest that God promises us in his word over and over again, is to give ourselves permission to pause. Because we don't do that. Slow down, Akani. Really? And when you're in hospital and the world has forced you to slow down? Nyakani. Then I'm still on my phone. <laughs> because we do that. It's the, um, the funniest jokes are, are wrapped up in truth, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So what's step one? Well, it's not as shocking as it, as it might sound. It's very, very simple. Step one is solitude. Being alone with God. Intentionally being alone with God. Seeking it out. Getting quiet. All right? Now, I'm not saying quit your job, join a monastery. Um, God, has, God has put you where he's put you for a very good reason. But the monks are onto something when they get quiet because it's a discipline to get your mind quiet. It's a discipline to get your body quiet so that finally you could hear the spirit inside of you speaking. Because God lives inside of us and when we're so busy and we're so running around and we're so all over the place, then we don't allow that still small voice to be heard. And I wish that God would come and write everything on the wall and so that I can go back and you know, t- take a photo and check it on my phone. Uh, <laughs> my life would be easier that way. But I don't know if you've noticed, but God doesn't do that often. It's happened once that I know of. All right, It's in the Bible. You can go and check it out. But it doesn't happen for all of us all the time. And how does God speak to us? It's a still, small voice that we hear when we create space for him to speak. God speaks all the time. We listen, never. And yet we say, Lord, you don't speak to me. No, no, God speaks all the time. We don't slow down enough to hear the still small voice. Psalm 46, which is so integral to all of this. Psalm 46 and verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. Shh. He's there. He's in that quiet. That psalm starts off saying, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present refuge in trouble. Shh. You'll hear him. Be quiet. But if we're not quiet, you see, God is not there 
someday, somewhere. Some, he's here right now. But in our busyness, we think, Lord, I can schedule you in like Monday at mm, 5 o'clock, but you have 10 minutes. Actually, you have five minutes, then I have to go make coffee, and then you know, I'll, I'll come in for the next five minutes, if that's okay with you. Even if you don't speak in that time, I don't really have time for you other than that. And who's serving who when we live our lives like that? And did we ever think that we might be missing out on God's best because we have created a God that needs to serve us? Rather than stopping and saying, Lord, I, I, I realize that I need to serve you. You are the creator. You are the potter. I am the clay. Not the other way around. But this takes great discipline. It's a simple thing, but it takes immense discipline. Taking time. Uh, it, it starts with 10 minutes. It, it starts with... Uh, our quiet time. It starts with our devotions. It starts with our Bible reading. But in that, in our quiet time, in our devotions, how quiet is your quiet time? Or is it, Lord, you better show up today. <laughs> Lord, I have this meeting. Um, having the job, I'm just going to do what I think I should, I should do. Have a nice day. Bless my things. Uh, <laughs> because so often we reduce God to that. And this relationship that God's earnestly seeking with us, we've reduced to five minutes in the dark hours of the morning when we're not quite awake yet. And, and I don't mean to shake a finger in your face. I, trust me, Vanna is preaching at Vanna this morning. Um, and Vanna is kicking Vanna's backside this morning. <laughs> Because I've made my life so busy that God has to fit into my schedule. The creator of the universe has to fit into my schedule. Have it wrong. Have it so wrong. But do we take a little bit of time where there's no technology, where there's no noise, where there's no schedule? I mean, just sit there and say, Lord, speak. This is your time. And it can only be 10 minutes. But shh, my boy isn't here. Shut up for 10 minutes. <laughs> All right? Because <laughs> it's that serious, okay? <laughs> don't pray, don't read, but allow the silence to reveal God. Create quiet. Uh, try this. Drive to, drive to work, drive to home in silence. And see what you hear. Try not to read everything that's going on around you. Go take your lunch hour or your lunch half an hour. Try to work it as best you can. And switch off your phone. Forget it in your desk. And spend time quiet and alone with God. See, it's possible. We think that it's not, but it's possible. We can create quiet in our lives. We can create silence. We can create those be still moments, all right? Now, uh, our devotions, our quiet time, is supposed to be this little, this little space but that we set apart. If we go and read in the Bible about things that are set apart, that's things that are holy. That are thing, those are things that, that God 
takes great care of is holy things. It is set apart for him. So if we set that 10 minutes apart, it will be holy. It, it, it will bring him honor. And that's when you will be still and you will know that he is God. Is when we set it apart for God. Okay? Now, a word that we need to take note of in all of this uh, is an... Uh, I, I have no better way to describe it as an old King James word. Um, it's the word abide. Now, in the newer translations, they, they take a bit more care to, to translate this word. But in the, in the King James version of the Bible, they use the word abide more than 60 times in the New Testament. And this word is translated as many different things. It's, it's translated as remain, stay, wait, dwell, continue, endure. And if it's used more than 60 times in 27 books, I think God's trying to tell us something, isn't it? Okay. So it's this condition of being is abiding, this condition in ourselves of remaining in what God has for us, of staying, of waiting, of dwelling with him. All right. And it's a skill that we need to develop, a skill that we need to learn, the skill of solitude, of silence, of, of pausing. Simple as that. Now, like I said earlier, it's a discipline to get this body still. Because Vanner sits still like this, waiting for still to pass. So what's the first thing Vanner needs? Stand still, Ben. All right. Then what's the next thing? It's like you sit still and you're like, wow, I wonder if that's happening. Quickly check my calendar for that. And <laughs> it's a discipline to get your mind still, to abide, to hang around, to dwell in that silence with God. All right? You see, in that, in that discipline, we allow God to speak to our spirit so that our spirit can speak to our mind so that our mind can tell our body to do the things that God has for us, so that life is simpler, so that we can move from this place of rest and not just hope for a weekend every now and then that we need a weekend from and that we need six weeks to pay off and the stress that that creates and the, and the, and the. But rather to live and to operate from this place of rest in everything that we do. Thomas Merton said this, and I love it. He says, keep still and let him do some work. Keep still and let him do some work. Now, that little statement on the, on the board there is extremely true. Quiet is difficult. For many reasons. The chief of which is this. Silence tends to reveal things. Un uncomfortable things. Silence tend to, tend to show us things about ourselves that we don't necessarily like about ourselves. And so we shy away from it rather than embracing it. Rather than saying, hey, wait a second, this is a gift. I'm always wondering what makes me so tired. I'm always wondering what's chasing me along. And then when I keep quiet, God reveals it, and then I run away from it. It's not a good cycle, is it? Okay. 
It's not something to be run away from. It's something to be embraced. God revealing the places inside of us that aren't fully submitted to him, that, that, that we stress about, the, the broken places, the hurting places. And rather than running away from him, from those things and running, running away from God and running away from the silence, why don't we just, that word, that word abide again, why don't we just dwell there and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work inside of our hearts? To fix what's broken, to reveal the, the source of the discontentment, to reveal the source of the tired, to reveal the source of the depression. See, when we allow ourselves to think that we cannot rest, in effect we're saying, God, you can't do this thing without me. God, I am too important to be left out of this process. How wrong can we be? Because effectively we're saying, Lord, if I don't, it won't. If I don't show up, nothing's going to work. Like I said earlier, we, we, we have it a little upside down. If God doesn't show up, nothing's going to work. If God doesn't reveal himself, everything's going to fall apart. I am a small cog in a big machine. They're not going to miss me. But God will miss. God will miss terribly. Now, as these areas are revealed, as this uncomfortable is happening inside of us, these things are coming to the surface, we need to do a little thing. We need to take some inventory. We need to write some things down. Because when we write them down, it means we can hand them over. If you have a little piece of paper, I've found this to be very, very effective. Write it down, fold it up stick it in the back of the Bible, and say, Lord, I thank you that you're taking care of that. Lord, and in six months' time, I will take a look at what's going on in the back of my Bible. And then I get to thank you for everything that you've taken care of on my behalf. I take them out before I come to preach because it gets kind of thick. <laughs> All right. But are we willing to do that? Are we willing to say, Lord, no offense, when we pray about them, they don't go away. When we pray about them and stick them in the back of our Bibles, we don't ignore them and hope for the best. No, no, no. No, we've put them there so that God can give us the strategy to work on them. But in six months' time, when we get to them, we're like, wow, how have I grown? How, how, much, how much has God done inside of me since I've just been willing to say that it's not about me, that I need to hand this over and say, Lord, I'm not being careless here. I just know that you can do so much more. That the job you're going to do is so much better than the job I'm trying to do right now. You see, we get to give God permission to interfere. To interfere in our lives, to interfere in our businesses, to interfere in our families. And when God interferes, it's the best interference ever. Because he loves us and he wants the best for us. But here's another thing that we give permission to. We give permission to ourselves to stop striving, to stop working so hard, and to slow down to the pace that we function at best. And that gives rest. This will give you space to get things back in balance. Now, 
We desperately need to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God, to create the space, to pause. Jeremiah 31 and verse 25 says the following. It says, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. When? When they get quiet. When they still. When they put me in my rightful place. Then God has the platform to refresh, to satisfy. But if we're running so hard, because why do we run so hard? To satisfy ourselves. To refresh ourselves. I mean, like, Lord, I'm going to take your place in my life, and then you just take a back seat, and when everything catches fire, um, help. That's who's serving who? Who's in charge here is, is the question. And all this is extremely important because of the next little statement. It's an old statement, but it's a true statement. It says, you become what you behold. We turn onto the very things that we focus on. We speak about this a lot when it comes to unforgiveness. If I hold on to unforgiveness, I become the very thing that I constantly concentrate on. When we, when we constantly concentrate on our, on our discouragement, on our hopelessness, on our discontentment, does it ever get us out of it? No, it just sucks us deeper down the hole, doesn't it? But when we focus on God, when our focus is on the very one that doesn't change, the, the only answer that we really have, then suddenly things change quite, drastic, quite drastically. Now, this is an, an inward look. And inward looks produces guilt. They produce shame. They produce discouragement. Uh, we get... We get super angry at ourselves because I've done that again. I'm down this road again. I did it again. Again. And that's not the plan here. That's never God's intention to, to tell you that you can't, you can't, you can't, you're not, you won't. That's not God's intention ever. Here's God's intention for us to realize this, that our rest comes from the finished work of Christ inside of us. We sang about it. Our rest comes from the finished work of Christ inside of us. Our rest comes because we have taken communion. We have renewed the covenant. We have said yes to relationship with God. And that's where our rest starts. Abiding is allowing this work to take place in us. Dwelling, waiting, patiently enduring is allowing the work to happen in our hearts. Now, no amount of sleep, no amount of holiday, no amount of meditation, no amount of medication will ever take care of this, will ever get us rested enough to take life on the way we need to. We need rest. Rest for our souls. Rest from our striving. Rest from our explaining. Rest from our running after things that we're never really going to catch. And with, you know, in all honesty, rest from the things that were never really ours to begin with. Now, God is our source. 
And that's why he needs to be our focus. John 15 and verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Let's just stop there. I love the semicolon. I am the vine. Stop. Think. God is the vine. you not. He is. Stop thinking that you are. Stop thinking that you draw water out of the ground and you're good enough to do this by yourself. Okay. Continues. You are the branches. Okay. What does branches do? They get their nourishment from the vine. They get their purpose from the vine. They get their reason for being from the vine. Their fruitfulness comes from the vine. The branch just hangs there. That's our job. Be there, hang there. God will do the rest. And I know it's super simplified. But has it ever been more complicated than that? Not really, no. Continues to say, if you remain or abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Matthew 11, verses 28 and 29 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Galatians 5 and verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand, stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. In the end, it speaks of that yoke being sin. But if we yoke ourselves into anything that is not God, effectively we're damaging ourselves. We're damaging God's product. And that's sin, isn't it? And so here's an opportunity to take off that yoke that doesn't belong on us. Augustine said the following. said, praying to God, he says, You have formed us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. You have created us, you have formed us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. As the band comes up, I am... I want to create a space this morning for us to be quiet. For us to go and just hear God. Now this morning, to take care of other noises, we'll have some music in the background. We'll be fine. But rather than hearing the music, start hearing what's going on inside of here. This morning, I want to send you home with this question. I want to send you home with this question that's, what is causing unrest and discontentment and striving in you? And, and I can send you home with that question without the tools to, or, and just tell you, hey, be quiet and God will tell you. But I want to give you some, some tools, some helpful ways to, to just get into this. Now, one of the first ways and best ways because your body, you can tell, play still and sit still. The mind is a little bit more difficult. I don't know if you've noticed. But one of the greatest ways to, 
to get your mind still is to concentrate on God. And one of the best ways I've found, like I said, I think the monks are onto something. They, have, they were challenged by, by something Paul said. He said, pray always. Whatever you're doing, always pray. And it's kind of difficult because we run out of things to pray, don't we? You know, when the car and the family and the bike and the work and, and all those things are covered, we're like, okay, and amen. Don't know what else to say. Here I am, God. How are you? But here's something, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you a little, a little trick. It's called a breath prayer. Breath prayer. My Afrikaans tongue will need it say breath prayer. I'm trying to teach my son to say as well. It's a mess. Uh, but we'll get there. A breath prayer. Mini lachne. And here's the point of breath prayers. It's, it's a prayer long enough to say in one breath. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And you see how simple that is. And you see how simply you start concentrating on the right thing and not on your thing. Now mine is one I learned in Bible school. It's, it's one that gets said often, especially moments before I have to get up here and speak to you folks. Um, it's this one. It's Jesus, Savior, Son of God, have mercy on me. Jesus, Savior, Son of God, have mercy on me. Jesus, Savior, Son of God, have mercy on me. And you feel your mind get quiet. You feel your body get rested. And you enter into a place where you're actually quiet enough to hear the voice of God inside of you. So this morning, if you want to if you're taking notes, and if you, I want to leave you with two, and, and we'll, we'll settle on the second one. Um, but the first one is in Psalm 46, which is, once again, so important in our pausing. Because it says in verse 10, be still and know that I am God. But this gets repeated twice in verse 7 and in verse 11. It says, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is for us. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then the one I want to kind of leave with you this morning, or the one I want us to practice as we have quiet music in the background. And I'm going to ask you to be as comfortable as you possibly can. Probably close your eyes because it really helps with distraction. And I want to ask you, will you pray that breath prayer with me? Psalm 62 and verse 5. There we go. And Psalm 62 and verse 5 says, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. And remind yourself, yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. And this morning as we sit here quietly, I'm literally going to give us, let's repeat that five times. 
And let's take two minutes of just sitting there and being quiet and allowing the Spirit of God to speak to us. And my prayer has been that He will answer your restlessness, that He will show you what you're striving for so that you might know that you can give it to Him and that it's in good hands when you hand it over. So will you all pray with me as we start? Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. thank you Lord for revealing your truth to your people as they quiet their minds as they quiet their bodies and they listen to you Lord, I thank you for what you've spoken into hearts this morning Father God 
Lord, I thank you that we can take that to heart, Father God. Lord, I thank you for freedom that comes because we slow down to your pace and we don't try to run at a pace that we were never created for. We don't try to do things that you never made for us, that you never planned for us. Lord, I thank you for your truth revealed to our hearts. Lord, and the freedom that comes from it. Lord, the release that comes because you were in your will, Father God. Lord, I, I pray as people go home and, and people get quiet before you, Lord, that you will over and over and over again just reveal your will, your truth, your love to their hearts, Father God. Lord, that we might move closer and closer to who you created us to be, Father God, away from the striving that the world has created for us and in us, away from the striving that's effectively stealing your best, your purpose from us, Father God. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your still, small voice that speaks into the deepest parts of who we are, Father God, and for the freedom that comes because we don't just listen, but we act, we obey what the voice tells us to do. Amen. If you need to spend some more time quiet, you are welcome to come to the front. We will pray with you. If you need to sit in your seat there, the band's going to be a little while longer. Just playing quietly. If Don't just run away. Don't just leave this space. If you want to visit us with us this morning, there's good coffee, there's chocolates, life's good. Uh, join us for that. Uh, may you have an awesome week as you get quiet and hear and experience the unforced rhythms of grace in your life. Lord, I, I bless you for the folks today, Lord, and I thank you for what you're doing in hearts and lives. And Lord, I thank you that we can be the difference in everything that we face because of who lives inside of us, Father God. I thank you for the history makers. I thank you for the difference makers. Lord, I thank you for people who act on your word and become the very people of God. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.